Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. I'm Damon Bolte, host of The Speakeasy. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cutting the Curd. This is your host, Greg Blaze, and on the line I have a special co-host, winner of the San Francisco Cheesemonger Invitational, Cheese and Charcuterie Manager at Arrow Wine and Cheese in Arlington, Virginia, Perry Sulis. How are you, Perry? I'm doing great, Greg. How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm doing all right. Um, on today's show, we're going to be getting a recap of the 6th Annual Vermont Cheesemakers Festival, um, sponsored by the Vermont Cheese Council. The event was held yesterday at the Coach Barn at Shelburne Farms in Shelburne, Vermont. featured over 200 cheeses from more than 40 cheesemakers, as well as dozens of artisan food producers and local wine, beer, and spirit producers. The festival provides an opportunity for people from all walks of life to connect with farmers and cheesemakers. And on the line, we also have Lisa Batelana, who is the executive chef of the Woodstock Farmers Market in Vermont. She's been the cheesemonger for about 10 years and is also the only retail member on the Vermont Cheese Council. How are you doing today, Lisa? I'm great. How are you? I'm all right. I'm, I'm better. Uh, I'm away from uh, the craziness of my, my place at Italy, and I'm here in this wonderful box that I come to every Monday. <laughs> well, Italy would not be a bad place to be. Oh no, it's great. It's great. It's just uh, I'm I'm happy to be where I'm at right now. Excellent. Uh, so both um, both of you guys are in Vermont right now, obviously because Lisa, you live there, and Perry, you are on a trip up there. First time here, man. Vermont is beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. So lush. So um, tell me, uh, Lisa, how did the festival go yesterday? I'm, I'm sorry I wasn't able to make the trip up this year, so I've been looking forward to hearing you talk about the whole thing. Well, once again, we had perfect weather. Sixth year, every year the sun has shone. Some years have been a lot hotter than others, and it was idyllic yesterday. The perfect summer day. For Perry, it was great. What's that? Go ahead. I was going to say it's amazing. I mean, it was beautiful weather. From what I heard, it was the largest crowd yet. I mean, uh, huge crowds of people, you know, but they handled it really well, and everything seemed to be organized extremely well. So it was a very fun day. Lots of cool stuff to eat and drink. <laughs> so, Perry, if you're coming out of San Francisco, it must seem really green. I'm from D.C., Washington, D.C. Oh, wow. Must seem yeah. greener. Yeah, greener, greener, right? <laughs> Perry, is that your first um, your first time up in the, in New England in general? You said, yeah, it is actually. Uh, besides, like Connecticut, or you know, well, that doesn't really like, count. Yeah, it doesn't really count. It doesn't <laughs> count. <laughs> so, I wanted to um, ask you a question, uh, Lisa, uh, about the state of uh, cheese making in Vermont and uh, how has it changed? There are just so many more artisan cheesemakers. They're not just making copies of European-style cheese. They've really forged out on their own and uh, made some really unique, um, unique products. You are correct, over 200 cheeses. We have four new cheesemakers this year that joined the council. Um, it's so dynamic, and they're just trying lots of things and... Um, new blue cheeses, just, uh, you know, I think, is there anything new? 
and then something comes in and you're like, wow. Lisa, who are the four new makers? Uh, it's Fairytale Farm, Highland, uh, Karim, and uh, there may be only three. That may be the three. You've uh, you've seen a lot of cheesemakers over the last day, I'm sure. So I have, and you know, they're friends uh, from my work on the Cheese Council. You know, I'm there to represent their product every day in the store, and you know, I count them as friends, and I know they work so hard, and it's, you know, we're so fortunate to have them come to the festival because it's a, you know, it's not a day off. They're, you know, they're working. And uh, when they got up this morning, you know, they went back to milking animals and making cheese while I was sort of stumbling around trying to make coffee. Um, <laughs> they have hard jobs, and uh, if they're making farmstead cheese, they're also worried about um, putting in hay, and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a, not an easy life. So it's, I think it's good for them as well to come out and meet their customers. I don't think they get, you know, some of them go to farmer's markets and some have open farms, but to have so many people, you know, come to that place to see them, I mean, they are the draw. Um, it's pretty exciting, you know, and it's just nice to see everybody. And after the festival's over, you can see gatherings of the cheesemakers and they're talking because they see each other, you know, just a few times a year all together. So. It's neat. It's a it's a rare it's a rare um, opportunity for everybody to um, meet and literally talk to the people making the cheese. Yeah, Perry, did you get to connect with a whole bunch of new people while you were up there? I did. I did. You know, it, it's it's kind of hard for me though. Unfortunately, being in D.C., you know, a lot of the farms over there they don't produce enough cheese to send down to D.C. You know, so a lot of the ones that I was really interested in, you know. Um, you know, unfortunately, you just don't have enough cheese. You know, they said the, the farthest south they send it is like the Hudson Valley. You know, so it's like okay. Um, but I'm, I'm, it was awesome to try it. I mean, even like um, you know, Von Trapp stuff. I mean, we don't get that a lot down in D.C. So even trying their mm. stuff, uh, Bonnie View, we used to get back in the day in Blightdale Farm, and there was so much good cheese. Honestly, I just kept eating it and eating. And um, yeah, that'll but be. That'll catch up to you in a minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, I think that's also um, the challenge for the Cheese Council. We have a really broad spectrum of cheesemakers. And Perry's right. There are some people that make cheese and literally only sell to local farmer's markets. Then there are the large producers who are actually looking for export markets. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we are trying to balance all of those needs within the council. I was wondering, uh, you know, just as a general question for you, Lisa, what makes Vermont such an amazing state for cheesemaking? I think, you know, it would be like asking someone in the Piedmonte what makes it. It's the place. It's the soil. It's the climate. I think it's the seasonality. Um, And I think all of that is expressed in the milk. And it's the milk that makes the cheese. So it's, you know, it's all of those things combined. It's very, it's very unique here. Um, and there are many pockets of unique places all around the world, and they have their particular foods they make that you may try and make them somewhere else, and they may be good, but they're not the same. Absolutely. I mean, I totally agree. Um, 
I, I find it interesting. I was reading this morning um, when I was waiting in the office of my <laughs> of, of Italy, uh, the specialty cheese uh, specialty uh, retailer magazine, mm-hmm. and um, inside uh, Allison Hooper, your cohort and a, a great person for cheese, obviously, she described the uh, the landscape of cheese making in uh, 1984. I believe is when she when she mm-hmm. began around there as a desert. <laughs> and, uh, it was a desert. <laughs> so uh, how did you irrigate that desert? You know, I think part of it is that farmers realize they're not going to do well if they're just selling fluid milk. Um, And then along came some of the bigger makers, Cabot, Grafton, and they offered farmers a market for that milk that was better than fluid milk. Um, The prices were better. In Allison's situation, I mean, there just were no goat farmers. You know, they didn't exist, so they had to slowly um, create that market, and that's culminated in Ayersbrook, which they just opened up in Randolph this past year. So it's that nurturing of... Could you just uh, tell us, um, for our listeners, what that, what that is exactly? Ayersbrook Farm is an educational farm that is part of the Vermont Creamery. So there hopes are to create a place where people can come and learn not just about um, how to tend goats and milk goats and make cheese, but the whole business side of um, that activity. So, you know, they're looking out into the future. And many, you know, the Vermont Department of um, uh, Agency of Agriculture is looking out into the future. Uh, they've been very supportive of the council, and the de- deputy sec- secretary comes to our meetings regularly. She, you know, I would consider them a friend of the council, and we in turn are uh, partners with them. So it was a desert, and I think, you know, the the state realizes that open land is important, and you need to nurture that. Yeah, the Vermont state government is a is great state government. I mean, you guys are you guys are lucky there. I'm from Massachusetts, and I don't know what they're doing down there. <laughs> but well, it's interesting. I think you know Vermont's unique. It's a it, you know people are so individualistic, and they are. You know, farmers are. You know, they all have strong opinions, but we have always been a little bit out there. I mean, absolutely. We have Bernie Sanders and Peter Welch, and they're all good um, advocates uh, for this state, and we're really lucky. And it's you know it's sort of like a small town yeah. <laughs> when you you know when you Vermont's tiny. I mean, it's really small. And uh, I mean that shows in the in the event, I'm sure, because you got people from all all four corners of the state. I mean, coming coming down. Yes, to and they it. all know one another. You know, they've either either belong to the council or in our in terms of our store and I was looking at the brochure today, there are probably only ten people that were at that festival yesterday that we don't carry their products. Oh, and fantastic. some of them are just either really too small and local or they're distillers and we can't sell their alcohol. So um legally anyway. <laughs> in any way. The state's pretty pretty strict. Yeah. Um so we're really, you know, we've been sort of a proving ground for a lot of small companies, and that's exciting. You get to see new things, and then they go on to be, you know, award winners somewhere. It's pretty terrific. 
So, uh, Perry, I was wondering, what was the best thing about the festival for you? I'm wondering, too. I mean, the, the beauty of Shelburne Farm. I mean, honestly, when you drive up that drive to get there, I mean, you're just awestruck with how amazingly beautiful it is. And you can only imagine what kind of creative person or whoever whoever's working, you know, to make sure that there's some awesome products coming off that property and surrounding properties all over Vermont. And it's nice to see everybody kind of get together and, you know, show their support to one another. Like you said, it is a community, and, uh, you know, everybody's there. You know, if they have a question, there's no secrets. You know, they'll help them as best they can to help mm-hmm. them be successful and, you know, be profitable, which is always a good thing. What events did you attend, Perry? So far? Yeah. Well, we the first night we were here, uh, Saturday, we went to the 30th anniversary at Harrisburg Farm, which was awesome. It was amazing to see all that, you know, coming together. You know, I know Allison and Bob have been working on that for a while now. So to really see them come together and, you know, really get that off and going with the with Harrisburg is amazing. Uh, it's a humongous barn. So, uh, you know, there's nothing but growth potential there. It is, it's, uh, it's inspiring. And then, uh, you know, um, we just did it. We just finished a tour of Vermont Creamery actually today. We just got off the road uh, not too long ago from that. And, uh, you know, seeing the whole new facility was amazing. And to, to see that they're still doing so much by hand, even though they have more of a modern, you know, feel to it now, it's re- you know, it really puts it in perspective that, uh, you know, they're still involved in every aspect of the way. You know, if a bon bouche hasn't bloomed yet, you know, they're, they're not going to pick it and move it on to the, dry, or to the aging room. Uh, you know, and so they're hand-flipping hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these little aged goat cheeses. Um, and even their crumbled goat cheese that they're producing now, I mean, they're hand-filling those containers. That's no, they're, they're consistent. The thing about the VBC is they're consistent, so the appearance is that there might be, you know, that they're like pumped out of some factory, but when you get up there and realize that it isn't that way at all, you know... That must make you have even a greater appreciation for the product, you know. Absolutely. Adelaide and Joey, uh, the two cheesemakers there, are doing an amazing job, and they work every step of the way together to make sure that, you know, even simple mold contamination is, is far from being there. Uh, you know, even with the construction going on, there was, it was you could tell that they were ahead of the game and knew, you know, what kind of preventative steps to take, and uh, it was really... It was, Impressive. First rate, Lisa. What were you? What um, workshops and, and things were you most uh, not impressed with? But were you most happy to have um, you know have up there this year? Were there any new ones that you incorporated? Yeah, I think you know we try and show ex- this year. We tried to. We always try to do a comparative. So we did old world versus new world. So for instance, um, maybe a Beaufort from France versus a Tarantino. I saw that, the versus category. That's cool. I, I do that at Italy myself. That, that turned out well for you. Yeah, it, you know, because it's sort of, yeah, people like to know um, what the comparatives are. And then we did a wine tasting, uh, dessert wines with um, stinky cheeses. So I think people are always eager to figure out pairings and what do I do with what. And, you know, people have gotten much more sophisticated about what they're doing with cheese and uh so that's that was helpful um i like to deconstruct that stuff because to me it's simple i mean if it tastes good you just eat it but you know (laughs) yeah and you know that's i think when you've done it long enough that's true but when you're new to something 
you want a guiding hand. You, you know, you want somebody to say, yeah, try this. It's really, you know, it's really good together. Um, you know, I think people just need that sort of reassurance that they're on the right track. Absolutely. Apparently- when you, you know, when you sort of demystify it and take the special words away and, you know, food's pretty egalitarian. Yeah, Everybody eats. And yeah, I was going to say something else that everybody does, but um, it's uh, I, I I agree with that. Hey Perry, what was your best uh, what was your best pairing that you had up there at the festival or yeah, in general? Cause at the, the festival. At the festival, oh man, uh, you know the spirits and ciders. I forget the name of the cider company, but they had amazing cranberry apple cider, and we were drinking that with uh, the Oma and a bunch of different washed dried cheeses. It was amazing. Um, Caledonia Spirits, you know, they were doing the Barn Hill stuff and the Whistle Pig. Uh, actually, you know, I don't have a lot of experience pairing spirits and cheese, so uh, so that was kind of fun to do, um, you know, to see how, you know, the honey that they used to produce the gin that they make at Barn Hill was, it, it's, you know, it's really almost so floral and sweet that it pairs excellent with the blues and other things like that, so it was kind of fun to do that. Uh, but the thing, the best thing I've eaten all weekend was at Allison Hooper's house. Her son, uh, Sam Hooper, he stuffed burgers with bon bouche, and, oh. uh, and it <laughs> was like uh, I'm still dreaming of it right now. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, so getting those, like you know, uh, everybody loved those. A uh, little spicy. It's a local produced uh, spicy relish. I think it's like Kraken Blonde or something like that. Uh, but it was really, really good. There's so much good stuff up there, and any uh, any outdoor markets or, or festivals that you can go to. Um, and I know it's cliche, but just just you get this stuff there, and it just it see, it tastes so much better because you're there. Well, for me, it always does. But you just uh, you just find the best stuff up in the country. I'm such an exiled New Englander. Like the only thing that links me to New England now is my Red Sox hat, which I wear <laughs> in New York City. But I like I miss I get bummed out because I. I identify with myself as a New Englander being where you where you guys are now, but I'm a New Yorker, and that's kind of dawning on me. I'll tell you a little story, and things always surprise me, and I've lived here a long, long time. We went to pick strawberries quickly um, two weeks ago, and on the way back, I saw a farm sign, and I know they produce beef, and it said open, and I'm like, oh, great, you know, maybe they wholesale... You know, and we're always trying to find good, consistent sources of local meat. So we drive up. They have this beautiful, it's a beautiful farm, beautiful building. We walk in and cooler, spotless, and there's nobody there. And my husband goes off to find someone. And all of a sudden, I realize that they're selling the meat, porterhouse steaks, ground beef, their own sausage on the honor system. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> they have a cash drawer, a swipe. You... Add up your own bill, you do your math, you leave the money, and you go home. And I was like, only in Vermont. Yeah, I, I can't uh, open up a store like that in Brooklyn. I just, no. I, that just would not work for me. <laughs> only in Vermont. And I was like, you know, I'm used to eggs on the side of the road, but I was yeah. like, porterhouse steaks? Hmm. <laughs> Pretty neat. So look, guys, we're going to have to take a short break, but uh, we'll be right back with Perry and Lisa and talking more about the Vermont Cheese Makers Festival. Take care. Since 2001, Heritage Foods USA has sold pasture-raised, antibiotic-free heritage meats to restaurants and homes around the country. 
Our farmers raise their animals with care using traditional methods guaranteed to produce the very best tasting meat. Our pork breeds include Berkshire, Red Wattle, Duroc, Gloucester Old Spot, Large Black, and Tamworth, and our beef comes from Piedmontese, Angus Akiyushi, Belgian Blue, Highland, Simmental, and Belted Galloway cattle. We also carry a rotation of 24 rare breeds of heritage chicken, seasonal specialties like lamb, goat, geese, and of course, heritage turkeys. Visit us online at www.heritagefoodsusa.com or give us a call at 718-389-0985 to place your order today. Hey, this is Howard Hanna. I'm the chef owner at the Rieger in Kansas City, and you're listening to heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd. Before the break, we were talking to Lisa Batellano with co-host Perry Sulis about the Vermont Cheesemakers Festival, which took place yesterday at Shelburne Farms in Vermont. Uh, Lisa is the executive chef and cheesemaker at the Woodstock Farmers Market in Woodstock, Vermont. Uh, you've seen incredible changes and advancements within the Vermont cheese industry, you know, from the small independent pioneers such as uh, Thistle Hill Farm, you know, a small dairy that's near you that makes that single international prize-winning cheese called Tarantay's. You've seen that to, to collaborations among high-profile cheesemakers such as Cabot and Jasper Hill Farms to cooperatives such as Vermont Farmstead. And I was wondering if you could elaborate, Lisa, on the role that retail markets such as the Woodstock Farmers Market play in the advancement of the Vermont cheese industry. You know, I think my job is to tell their stories. Um, so I try to represent them and by telling about the farms, by telling any stories that I know about the making of the cheese or the composition, uh, giving an accurate description, doing good tasting notes for people. You know, and they come in, they're like, well, what's your favorite cheese? And it's like, well, it's like asking who your favorite child is. Yeah. You know, on any day, one might disappoint you. So, or your favorite book. So I try and kind of coax out of them what they like and then and then direct them. Um, so that's my, my job. My job is to help them sell cheese. You know, I just wanted um, to ask, I mean, Lisa, you know, is among the first class of the American Cheese Society certified cheese professionals. Um, I, I wanted to um, ask you another question, and for you too, Perry. There's many cheesemakers in Vermont, but how many cheesemongers do you get to help you work the, uh, work the market? You know what? I have nobody. I actually have one woman who comes in and cuts on Friday. I mean, uh, this is a small town. Relatively speaking, it's a small case, you know, 12, 14 feet. Um, and this is a great labor market for, um, for young people. They just don't seem to gravitate to this. Um, and that's sort of too bad. I mean, um, I wish there were, you know, sort of more, more young people working in retail. But that's um, at least right now not where the glamour is in Vermont. Perry, did you meet any cheesemakers? Well, I mean, cheesemongers while you were up there. Cheesemongers? Uh, no, I don't recall actually meeting any cheesemongers, uh, <laughs> which is sad. You know, I mean, I'm usually. We, we, I'm rolling around with seven of them. So, I mean, you know, we, we should have been like a magnet for cheesemongers, you know. Um, 
but you know, it's funny, you know, you ask that because, you know, I, you don't have a lot of them up here, I guess. And, you know, the ones that were former mongers are now working with pr- producers, you know. So it's, exactly. Uh, exactly. So that, you know, talking to them yesterday, uh, you know, they were excited to get behind a, a cheese counter again and actually get to talk to people and uh, monger. You know, it was nice to see it. Uh, you know, Adam from Jasper and uh, Molly Brown from Jasper, they were both really, really excited uh, to go out and actually get to, you know, put cheese <coughs> in people's mouth and see, how, you know, in their eyes that they really are enjoying it. It's, you know, it kind of makes the work that you do every day, you know, worth it a little bit more. Yeah. I mean, I always thought, I know it wasn't, it was interesting. I mean, are the young people up there making the cheese then Lisa, rather than selling it? Yes. You know, that's the gravitational pull is to actually be a producer and be on a farm. And, you know, I can certainly understand that for me, um, Why do you love really to be a monger solitary so much? and that would drive me crazy. Yeah. I need I need to be, you know, with a lot of people and see a lot of people and I guess, you know, I feel like my role is a service role and I really like that. Is it also um I mean there there are a lot of venues for for the cheeses to get sold? I mean, the, so the Woodstock Farmers Market in Vermont? The, yeah. No. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, who's, where are the retailers, I guess, up there? I mean, you have Burlington. Um, uh, Montpelier has a co-op, and they do a really good job on their um, cheeses. Brattleboro Co-op has always done a really nice job. But standalone cheese stores? No. I think, you know, I don't know if there's just not enough population. And that's, a, you know, that's, there aren't a lot of people here. Um, you know, and in terms of our store, it's not, certainly we have more people in the summer and sort of during ski season, but it's very much a year-round enterprise. You know, we couldn't survive if it, um, you know, if we relied on second homeowners or skiers. We don't. You know, we rely on our, you know, core community and then, you know, the small, um, small towns around us, and we're a draw um, because of what we do. Uh, but uh, I don't think uh, young people are drawn to rural, if you will, retail. You know, they want to be at a formaggio in Boston or in Italy, you know, and their exposure is... Well, they do for a while until they go crazy, and then they realize that it's nice maybe to go up to Vermont. Or, exactly. Or yeah, maybe. Place. And, you know, maybe that's the next, uh, the next renaissance, you know, sure. where, uh, <laughs> where you do see that, you know, where people come and um, find a store like ours or one of the co-ops and become um, become mongers in those. Perry, you, uh, as a monger, you uh, I mean, you could you roll <clears throat> with that environment? You know, I could certainly. You know, I, I brought up moving to several locations, but you know, unfortunately, my wife has other plans, right? You know, so uh, you know, trying to get her to relocate. You know, we both grew up in the same town and have been dating since high school, so. You know, she's pretty set and with her job and, you know, having the family close by and all that. And uh, so, yeah, I have that going for me. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have been at Arrowine now for over a decade. So, uh, wow. you know, yeah, being, I'm, being as I'm very comfortable with my position, I like it. Um, and, I, and I feel like growing up in the town that I sell cheese in, I, I have a better understanding of the customer basis, you know. Um, 
So Perry so, won't be coming to be a cheesemonger. In no, he won't. I can I can hear that. And I, you know, I understand. I I actually grew up in Vermont and spent a few years on the Cape in Massachusetts. And it, when it became possible in our lives to pick where we would live, I wanted to come back here. I wanted to move back to Vermont, and it's a slower life. You know, it's not. Um, it's not where you're going to be rich, uh, but for us, at, with a young family, there were different priorities, um, and not everybody wants to give up certain things. Yeah, but well, just to bring it back to the to the festival, I wanted to um, to ask you, uh, Lisa. You know, next year it'll be your seventh your seventh year. Um, I know, and that's which is fantastic. I mean, when you hit. When you've had it, when you've done it that many years in a row, that means you're. I mean, you're not. You're not going away, which is fantastic. <laughs> which is fantastic. Uh, what do you think um, your challenges will be uh, going forward with the festival? You know, it's it's interesting you ask. I think each year we try and refine what you know. We you learn from your mistakes and you carry on. So it's having really great seminars and perhaps maybe trying to accommodate more people. I mean, people always ask us, "Will you leave Shelburne Farms?" You know, we have no uh, no intention of doing that. Uh, we like um, that partnership with the farm. I mean, they're they're so gracious and so helpful and wonderful. And as Perry said, you drive under that property, and it's if you had a care in the world, you know, it melts away. And I've been going there for seven months, uh, once or twice a month. And when I drive on there, it's like, oh my, this is a little bit of heaven here. That's so fantastic. we like our partnership, but we have a limited amount of um, tickets we can sell, uh, which is seventeen fifty. And I think in some ways that makes um, this event special because it's so intimate. You know, you're not elbowing crowds. Um, you really do get to talk to people. So I think we want to preserve that smallness. Uh, we do have more, we did have more um, vendors this year, and as more and more, you know, uh, come to Vermont, I think we could increase that. But in terms of the crowd, no, I think that will stay the same. So quality programming, um, just being able to introduce people to, you know, new cheeses and see their old favorites and new products. Um, new um, artisan products in Vermont is really important. So I think that formula will stay the same. That's fantastic. I mean, I love, um, you know, I, I, got to go, I get to go to Bra, and, uh, and I've mm. seen that festival grow the few times I've been there. And, uh, I mean, now it's just like, it's like, you know, something's to elbows there. You know what I mean? You're, right. you're just packed. You're packed in the streets of this little town. And, um and, you know, it's a great problem to have so many people want to come. Um, I think that you're in a location. I mean, Bra is also fairly remote as far as, as far as Europe goes, or it's not the easiest town to get to. It is not. <laughs> you know, you've got to work a little bit. Um, but I, I would say, you know, from, you know up, uh, getting up to Vermont, um, it's not like you can take subway up there. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know how, how, if, you'll, if you'll get to that size. But, um, Perry, will you, come, will you come back next year, you think? Uh, yeah, definitely. I'm actually already talking about it. Um, I'd love to bring my wife up here. You know, I'd like next year just take a road trip up the East Coast and you know take two weeks or three weeks and just hit you know as we go up a bunch of different places and end up in Vermont. I mean, 
to me, that would be an amazing trip. Uh, you know, and I know she would be down. She, <clears> she you know, so uh, so I'm hoping I haven't broken the news to her. You know, she'll hear it first here on Cutting the Curve. But <laughs> going to Vermont next year. <laughs> yeah, going to Vermont next summer. Sorry, honey. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a but, lot, uh, lot worse places you could go. My gosh. Abs- oh man, I'm I'm in love. You know, it's gorgeous <laughs> up here. No, it's good. When when you hit that, um, like you said, when you hit that that place, that scene, uh, when you pull up on that farm, you know, it appears out of the distance or out of the woods. Um, you're just totally transported. As a as a cheesemonger, I know that it's when you get to travel to the places where the cheeses are made, uh, you realize why they taste like they do, why they smell like they do. The whole thing yeah. just becomes a better experience. You're just closer to it, you know, and you bring away so much more. After, for having had that experience, at least for me, you know. I can't wait to get back behind the counter and tell, like, my customers this stuff that I've been experiencing the last few days. I'm just like, oh, my God, you know, I'm so excited. And uh, and hopefully I can, you know, bring that excitement back with me and, and put it in my customers because, I mean, it's crazy how, you know, involved everybody is. But at the same time, I've felt nothing but comfortable and welcome the whole time in Vermont. And, uh so, you know, it just it, it has its charm. You know, Vermont is Vermont. Uh, That's great. Lisa, that must make you happy to hear. You know, it does. And I, I sort of have that same wonder that Perry's talking about. Every single time I cut a wheel of cheese, and, I, you know, you stick your nose down there. Perry, you know that feeling, and you're like, oh. you can smell grass. And, uh, I mean, you can, as the air brushes over the cheese, you can, it's it's just magical you know that's all i can say and here's something that's been sitting in a cellar on a board for 12 months and this is the result you know it blows me away every every time i never get used to it i never ignore it no way you know it's just such a you know it's a pleasure to be able to open one of these big cheeses yeah, you're preaching to the choir there. I don't. Think I know. Isn't it crazy? You're like, you know, you do it and you put your nose down and you're like, wow. Oh yeah, and it's the funk. You get to breathe in that funk. It's good stuff. I. Uh, it is good I, stuff. I, I'm a I've been described as a very strange individual for loving that so much, but um, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you get those washed rinds in, and everybody's like, "What is that smell?" You know, it's you're the like, smell of goodness. Smells great. It's the smell oh, of goodness. <laughs> well, I just wanted to uh, to say thank you to uh, both Lisa and Perry, um, Perry and uh, Lisa. <laughs> you guys, uh, um, I want to make sure um, that I you know get it out there. Come to the Vermont Cheesemakers Festival; it's fantastic. I'll hopefully be there next year. And uh, Perry, good luck. I hear you're a street fighting cheese man that you're uh, looking for. Oh yeah, me and, uh, me and uh, your girl Emily <laughs> throw down and see who the real. <laughs> You know, CMI winner of the U.S. is, you know, West versus East Coast, you know, so uh, that'd be fun. Okay, Greg, this is your invitation. I've been to Italy. Now you've got to come and see us next summer. I definitely will. Okay. Uh, Thanks a lot, guys, and thanks for all of you guys for listening. Um, We'll be back next week with another episode of Cutting the Curd in the Heritage Radio Network. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. 
To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.